Okay, and we are live. Welcome to the 18th episode of our series, How to Become Fluent in English. So we're joined with a special guest today, and we're going to be discussing how you can improve your conversation skills in English, especially in a spontaneous manner. So yes, before we jump in, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can um, support the channel simply by liking the video, as it'll help the YouTube algorithm spread the message to other people who are also trying to improve their English skills. So before we jump in, Sam, welcome back and introduce Hello. yourself to the audience who does not know you. I've been in this podcast already. I'm Sam. Uh, most people know me as the accent guy because I do this little imitations of accents on uh, my social media accounts on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, but uh, jokes aside, I uh, teach English. I am an accent coach from time to time because actors and actresses or singers call me and they want to fix their accent before a performance or stuff like that, and I help them out. I'm actually Italian, studied English my whole life, uh, especially in the linguistic field, like uh, the scientific side of the language, not just the language per se. And uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's enough for the short presentation. Uh, I've known Arc since, what, two years ago now? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For two years, and uh, yeah, it's the second time I come to his uh, show, and uh, can't wait to start the, today's episode. Right, and how many languages do you know fluently? Fluently, I know, well, Italian, because it's my first language, English as my second language, and then I know French, have a degree in French, and uh, also know Spanish. Okay, solid. And throughout this entire uh, podcast, if you guys have any questions at all, feel free just to jump right into the chat and we'll stop. We'll take a few minutes and we will answer any questions that you guys have. So, okay. So to start, let's get right into it. So it's a common error for people or a common struggle for them to have conversations with real people versus having conversations with a teacher in a classroom or a robot on an app such as Duolingo. For someone who's currently at the beginner level, what mm. steps, what tangible actions do you think they could take to improve their conversation skills and take it to the next level as a beginner? As a beginner, uh, that's a very, um, you know, interesting questions because you have to look at both sides of the medal. I don't know if it's, that's exactly how you say in English, uh, but I guess that's the way. So when you take into account like robots and uh, apps like elementary apps i might add like duolingo because they're very very easy to use and very basic to use you might argue that that their language there is very easy okay whereas if you use your everyday language and you put yourself out there into the real world where things are also philosophically very difficult uh and um it, it, it's tough because Let's say, let's take a pragmatic example. Let's take Duolingo, right? That uses a certain standard of English and tells you to repeat certain stuff and tell you to repeat certain vocabulary, certain items and certain things. And in that way, you can learn fairly easily the language because it's, you know, out, out of repetition. But then you, you'll need to adapt when you get into an intermediate or an advanced level because... Of course, the scenario changes and the language is not that unity that you see 
in uh, in apps, but it's actually very diversified. Now, all not all apps, of course, are like that, but most apps need a standard, which is you know very unrealistic in in the real world. Uh, so, I've got contrasting opinions on that. I think that if you start learning uh, with robots, with AI, I mean, we have ChatGBT now. We have all of these things, and we can literally practice practice with everything we can talk with our series and with our uh, googles and with our alexas and we can still practice there are several ways in which we can do that uh, but what's most commonly associated with these things is that they'll struggle understanding if you don't speak in a certain way like a standard way it's pretty difficult even for an ai to to capture your way of speaking if you don't speak with a very standard thing so that that's the common i think um realm of robots right that they have this they need rules they need a standard to follow and so the internal diversity of the language is not necessarily taken into account by most of these ai things or apps in general so it's good at the beginning but then you need to adapt into the real world so it's either you you just go on and throw yourself out there on adventure and start speaking with real people, even though you're uh, probably are going to make a fool of yourself, uh, or you just take the easiest way at the beginning. You chat with robot, but then you adequate later. Uh, I think that's the scenario that we're looking at right now. Yeah, I'd agree for the most part. Yeah, you definitely, um, you're going to need to take some steps to build a foundation before you can get out there into the real world, for sure, yeah. um, especially as a beginner. That's definitely yeah. the case. And um before we touch on what you can do if you're a little bit more advanced, let's say you're at the lower intermediate level, uh, let's address this question here because it is actually related to that. So Abdel Salam, I hope I pronounce your, your, your name correctly. So I can understand videos or songs, but unfortunately I can't speak well. I need an effective way to speak well, knowing that I don't have anyone around to speak English with. I paraphrased it. So, um, okay. So what is an effective way to practice and advance your speaking skills without necessarily having English immersion or having anybody around to speak with? Okay. That's a nice one uh, because there, there are actually several techniques that I'm currently investigating uh, and that I've currently got to know better, which uh, do not necessarily require a person around you and i've just mentioned a few if you think about it you know when i talked about like talking to series and talking to alexas and talking to your google uh simply by switching your phone in english or these kind of artificial intelligence in english because that's what they are i mean at the very primitive level they they are artificial intelligence that respond to commands so i think that's definitely the case that if you converse to them they have preset of course answers but that doesn't mean that you're not not actually talking you don't have a physical person around you you don't have a real person you have a a a, a robot a voice a very robotic voice even though it's very similar to her to a human being's voice but still a robot so that's a way you might uh you know try if the robot doesn't understand you it means there's something wrong and it's going to say sorry i didn't catch that or whatever but if it does understand you it means that you're getting something there Another technique that I came across quite recently is the shadow 
shadowing techniques. I think that's a pretty useful technique because you don't necessarily require some, uh, somebody around you, especially uh, you don't require a native speaker, but it's a good combination with what you're talking about here uh, with videos and songs. You can pick a song, you can pick a video, especially with videos that works best uh, with one speaker on it. You can take a section of that video, you can select it, According to your level, you can select the, the, the difficulty of the scene because it might be that for you is easy, for you is hard, et cetera, et cetera. So you can, you know, start with one speaker that speaks very slowly and you can, uh, you know, improve your level by adding more and more speakers that speak simultaneously. And the overall technique is based upon the idea that you should repeat uh, the person who is speaking in the video. So if you're watching a film, let's say the Titanic, and there is, you know, the actor speaking, uh, I use the Titanic because it's very iconic as a film, you know, and there's Leonardo DiCaprio that's speaking and you select the scene of Leonardo DiCaprio, you might want to imitate Leonardo DiCaprio and literally say his words right after he pronounced it in the most accurate way possible. And uh, that's uh, speaking because it's not only speaking really because you're watching the video uh, and you're probably uh, also reading the subtitle, so you're doing reading. And then you're listening to what the copper is saying, so you're doing listening. And you're speaking because you're trying to emulate what he's trying to say, so you're doing speaking. Uh, the only thing you're probably not doing is writing, but you might want to write a summary of what's going on in the <laughs> scene after you try this technique called shadowing, and then that's also writing to... Uh, it, it is inserted in that activity. So I think that's a pretty um, nice way and technique to, to, to practice your speaking uh, if you don't have anyone around you. Yeah, no, definitely. Those are two great techniques. Uh, so Abdel Salam, uh, there you go. Those are two good techniques, shadowing and then also speaking to the AI robots. I'll just say that a common mistake that I see people make with those two methods really is when they're speaking, when they're shadowing, or when they're speaking to the AI robots, what they yeah. actually do is they speak back in their head sometimes, and sometimes they mumble under their breath. I would okay. actually encourage you to actually um, try and speak as if it was a real situation. Speak yeah. as if you're speaking to a real human being. Because that way, if you get those repetitions, when you put yourself in a a real situation with other people, um, it's going to be uh, much more natural to you when you actually need to speak. Exactly, exactly. For sure. And then another resource I'd say that you could use too is the app Hello Talk. Um, better mm -hmm. for beginners, well, really any level, but essentially it's a way where you can just find a bunch of native English speakers practice your English with them, just like a training ground. And there's really no pressure. There's absolutely zero pressure to perform. Uh, they're trying to learn your native language as well. It's a language exchange app. And um, if you just want to test some stuff out or ask some quick questions, if you ask the same question to maybe five different people, you'll get your answer. Um, so I would definitely recommend um, HelloTalk for a passively, well, it's a little bit active, but you know, for improving your speaking skills. Yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely typing that down as well while you speak because I didn't know about this. <laughs> definitely. And then um, also, 
when it comes to there's another thing too when it comes to speaking here so in your opinion do you believe that you need to learn how to read and listen before you can speak and write oh well i i don't think that there's a let's say hierarchy of skills yeah. do you think it's chronological uh which order you should learn your english skills in essentially well i i don't think it's chronological and i don't think there's a hierarchy of skills in the sense that i i believe there's highly subjective i believe that, that there are people who are going to learn a skill more because they're more uh, i don't know because there are different kind of learners you know uh if you are a let's say visual learner so you, you you're very good with images and stuff like that you're probably gonna you know use that skill that you have to learn a skill into the english language so i, I might i think these two things are uh, related if you're if you're very good at if you're a if you're a listener then you're going to be very good at listening if you're more like um you know a, a visual learner as i said you you probably are more you probably are better in reading and comprehension let's say because you read things very carefully you you're watching the images around the book and uh you know you visualize and 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 understand what what the thing is about what the topic what, what the topic is basically uh so i think that they should come along very nicely uh that that shouldn't be in hierarchy there shouldn't be a an order a precise order with which you learn them um preferably they should develop together but of course there are going to be based on the individual uh you know different skills that you learned before and different skills that you learn later um maybe we might argue but that's another question really uh which skill is uh more important to learn <laughs> in advance uh which skill is um, you know less important to learn but that's again very subjective because you need to take into account the needs of the learner let's say you're working and in a in a company and you have to write a bunch of emails but never you don't necessarily need to do any phone calls of any sort you just have to need you, you just have to write then it's really good for you to develop reading uh reading and writing before <laughs> speaking let's say whereas if you need to do a lot of comp oral confrontations then you definitely need to practice your speaking and listening skills more uh so i guess it's very 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 subjective uh but again i don't believe this hierarchy i don't believe that the skill is one skill is more important than the other it's very subjective and um <clears throat> yeah that's that's basically it. i i think it's pretty subjective whether or not you're going to learn a skill before or later yeah definitely i'd say yeah it is situational uh that is true i would say generally speaking for the people who um the most common skill that i hear when i get messages from people asking for help is they basically all say i want to learn how to speak english i want to speak confidently i want to speak fluently i want to get out there i want to go face to face with someone and be able to actually speak it um very true i would just yeah, say that um when it comes to speaking yeah, I'd highly recommend getting a ton of repetition listening <laughs> in order to yeah. refine your speaking too. And honestly, even reading and writing actually go hand in hand with speaking, um, I find, yeah. or I found when I had to learn a new language. So um, everything will enhance your speaking skills. Grammar will also enhance your speaking skills. 
Uh, yeah. But when it comes to the particular facet of pronunciation, I would say that um, it's crucial that you listen to a lot of native English speakers speak and you consume a lot of English media um, in order to uh, get an understanding of how we pronounce things. Um, there are even some grammatical rules that a lot of native English speakers break all the time. You can pick yeah. up on those patterns as well. Uh, for an example, we could say, instead of saying, I'm going to, we might say, I'm gonna, for example, uh, just small, small nuances like this, um, is where listening becomes very important. I would definitely say. Yeah. Because it, as you said, it's a, it makes absolutely sense that reading and writing are uh, go hand in hand with speaking because it's all about, I think, thought processing, right? Because you, you you have a a thought, and if you can write that down, and uh, you're you're able to articulate your thoughts in such a way that you you're also able to potentially put it put that into words, whether writing or speaking, I think that's uh, very correlated. Definitely, absolutely, definitely. And I, talking about listening quickly, I have a question. So, when it comes to listening. Some people debate whether there should be subtitles or not. Some people say without the subtitles, you can really lock in and focus more on your listening comprehension skills. Whereas mm -hmm. with the subtitles, you can see how new vocabulary words are spelt. You can see how they're applied in a certain situation. You can practice your reading and listening simultaneously. Right. Would you agree or disagree that at a certain level of English, it would actually be beneficial to remove the subtitles let's say when you get to the b2 level or the c1 level should you challenge yourself by removing the subtitles and forcing yourself to enhance your listening skills well i know a bunch of native speakers that still put subtitles <laughs> you know under uh, under videos and, and films and stuff like that so i don't think it comes down to knowledge i think it comes down to diversity as i said at the beginning you know the cinema industry of course is all centered around you know, USA mostly, because that, that's the uh, the most powerful cinema industry. Uh, and so a lot of actors are actually from the US, but if you consider that there are also minor cinema industries around the world, then you're going to have different kind of speakers. Uh, let's imagine for a second that a US person is watching a British series, like for example, The Crown. Um, well, it's not to be taken for granted that the person is going to understand everything that the actress and actors of, of, of The Crown are going to say. So they could potentially put the subtitles. Um, but I do agree that according to the skills that you're practicing, you might as well want to challenge yourself at a certain point in removing the subtitles. What I usually do with my students is you, you need to literally follow a process with subtitles. That I, I, I came up with this idea that... Uh, I read about, and so I, I made my own, let's say, uh, order of, of subtitle removing. <laughs> so my idea is that you should definitely start with a film that you've already watched, rewatch it with subtitles in English. Um, if you are an intermediate level, if you're not, if you're a beginner, you should definitely start with your own language subtitles. So if you're Italian, for example, let's put the Italian subtitles and let's start, you know, and, and, and match the meanings of Italian and English. Then you can move on to put the English subtitles and then you can start really see how the things are written, understand new meanings, understand new vocabulary, etc. When you have a solid foundation of what the film is about, what the plot is about, 
you have an advantage and you know how the film will go and you can focus more on the subtitle itself because what most people get wrong is they'll just you know watch the film and that's just passive listening you you have to literally critically studying the film and you have to be a maniac about it like pausing all the time underlining with different colors the different words according to a certain semantic fields that you really yeah, you know, don't know and organize them into chunks and uh, categorize them, put them into sentences, try and put them in conversation when you speak, you know, write that down, put posts around the house. There are a bunch of techniques that you can that you can have. And and, and that's where, you know, you, you, you're actually effectively using the online resources that we have to 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 practice English. Uh, and yeah, you do that. You, you It's true. It's fundamentally true that you're uh, watch watching a film with subtitles you you're working on reading and uh, and and listening and not only on listening so uh, I mean it's like you know when when we have five senses right and when you're for example blind all the other senses enhance so that's a, a metaphor I want to make right there it's, it's like if you don't if you don't have like let's say if you're blind then your brain can be more concentrated on the other sense that the remaining senses. So the listening, for example, or the taste. I think the same thing uh, when it comes to like subtitles in a certain sense, because if you remove them, your brain is actually going to be focused 100% on understanding what the actor actors are saying. Uh, so, of course, the listening is going to be, uh, yeah, of course, you can challenge yourself. And of course, you can improve your listening by doing so. I definitely agree with, agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I was by some of my language mentors, I was told um, you can use subtitles, just don't rely on them, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, definitely makes sense. And Ahmed here says, yes, yeah, subtitles is only good for beginners. Um, well, yeah, like Sam just said, it's, it's a little bit, more nuanced than that. Complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, but yeah, no, it's, yeah, it depends. And also different people do learn in different ways. I've heard of people who have become fluent in speaking a language without even really touching grammar, just through immersion, which I found like incredibly <laughs> remarkable. I yeah. Like, I, I almost couldn't believe that. Yeah. Um, and then, Rarely, but sometimes, sometimes, but rarely, I get requests from people who are at the C1 level or the B2 level, yeah. and they're they're overachievers, right? They're saying, how can I get on the same level as like a native speaker? How can I become fully bilingual? How can I get to the C2 level from the B2 or C1 level, basically? Okay, very ambitious, yeah. Yeah, so when it comes to at least getting their speaking level to the highest level possible, um, how would you advise them? What should they do? What what method or what steps should they take to get there if they're already fairly advanced? Well, um, actually, it's it's very interesting because there's this idea that people want to become like a native speaker, right? And they want to become fully bilingual. And they want to become, I don't know, they want to speak like a native speaker. But I think it's just cliche to say that. Uh, 
why would you want to become like a native speaker or why would you be you know willing to dedicate more and more time if you're already in advance to you know know all the idioms and all the little facets of the language that will eventually make uh, you a native speaker because that's what it's about right i think that i was gonna say logically you're right logically it doesn't really make sense a lot of the time but some of these people they're just very obsessive they've invested yeah, yeah, so much I time agree. in learning the language so it's like uh, yeah that's, that's so, what's getting so it. What, i i think i think that um if you're already in advance you pretty much covered <laughs> all the whole of the language and so what's really going to make you uh, more native like uh, is you know a, a more careful attention to sounds a uh, more careful attention than the idiomatic expressions of native speakers and a more careful attention on slangs and these things are can all can, can, can basically be found uh, wherever in the in, in films and TV series and songs. Um, if you want to really, really get obsessed with it, like I did, because let's be honest, like I, I changed my mentality about it, but the, the way I'm uh, speaking is basically the product of years and years of obsession. I want to become like a native speaker, idolatry of the UK accent, whatever. <laughs> so that's uh, that, that's why basically I, I can partially direct you to a nice way to practice your perhaps pronunciation properly, which is break down the words in chunks. So every word, every new word that you hear, uh, that you hear, like break it down in chunks and listen to the sounds carefully to each syllable, like listen to it very carefully. And what you do is you take your IPA, your international phonetic alphabet, you go and study the linguistics of all of these sounds. I know it sounds crazy, but it's not. It's just a matter of practicing really, you know, the, the sound associated with that symbol and then you know what it's about. You study all the sounds of the English language, which, uh, you know, it's it's not in most programs. I mean, if you're, if you're, even if you're not an advanced, you probably didn't have a phonetic course in your program you, you you're yeah you're practicing the listening you're practicing the reading you're practicing the speaking but did you really dived into phonetics that's why most people then don't get the results they want they're frustrated because they don't sound uh like a native speaker after years and years and years of practice but have you actually touched upon phonetics for a bit like take your international phonetic alphabet you can find it whenever on google it's ipa and then you have all the sounds of all the languages in the world. Don't worry, you're not going to live to learn all of them. But there's actually Wikipedia, even though I don't like the website uh, very much because it's not uh, that reliable. But for, for, for that matter, it's good because you have the sound and then you have uh, the letter associated with it and you can hear the sound. And you have example of actual words. So once you want to practice that specific sound, now I have a couple of on top of my head because they're very difficult for native, for non-native speakers to replicate. For example, a TH sound, th, th, right? So once you know there's a dental sound because you put your tongue in between your teeth th, th, and it's a plosive sound. Uh, well, it's actually no, a fricative sounds because the air comes through and you can literally uh, make it longer uh, as long as you want, like th, right so you know it's frigative you know it's dental 
right? And you know that it's voiceless or unvoiced because your vocal cords don't really move when you produce it, then it's fairly, you know, easy to replicate it because you know all the different mechanisms of articulations and you know how to phonetically and articulatorily replicate the sound properly. And uh, yeah, you, you need to get to be a bit of a maniac for that. You're, you become a science, a science, yeah, it's a, a scientist of the language in a certain sense, because you dive into a, um, a sector of linguistics, which is uh, very accurate. But that's one of the things that will make you more native-like, if you ask me. And then you have to dive a lot into the vocabulary. And, but that, that can just be done by, keep what, by keeping... Uh, keeping watching TV series and and things because there's a there's a bunch of idiomatic expressions there a lot of you know everyday uh, language that you can find I just have to pay attention really it's that simple sometimes uh, a genuine question can do so much well why did he say that why is it not like that you know if you saw, if you find something new like be curious about it that's how I did it I don't have a specific uh, scientifically and linguistically proven method that is going to be like uh, is going to help you with that. But I was obsessed with that, and I was a you know pretty pretty damn obsessed with that, and that's what I did. I was just hella curious. <laughs> yeah, you well, there you go. That's why you know a number of languages fluently. It's not a, it's not by accident. Yeah, but but I was going to say, uh, yeah, no, that's really interesting. I. Now you got me thinking, like, if I can do that with the next language I'm going to try to learn, which is Spanish, actually. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah I might, might, might dabble in that. But, yeah, like you said, um, once you're at the advanced level, you can passively um, adopt new vocabulary words into your language exactly. just through just through life experience. And exactly. no even, rush. that's the same way native English speakers learn more vocabulary words like me, for example. Um, if I hear someone use a cool word in a sentence, like, uh, I don't know, I digress. It's like, okay, I never used that word before, but now that I heard it used and I heard the context in which it's applied, now I might adopt it and now I might say it yeah. sometimes. It's like uh, you'll just passively adopt new words, new phrases, new expressions and whatnot. But I would say um, a really difficult thing <laughs> At yeah. the advanced level of English is people actually make up words. So um, yes. for some foreigners, it's a little bit difficult to identify what someone means when they actually fabricate a word entirely. Like um, ish is the most common example I could think of. You could yeah. say that's that's good ish. Or like if yeah. you say it really quickly, a foreigner might just say like, what, what, what did you yeah. say? Like, yeah. Like, um, it's like, how are you feeling? Like, crappy ish but you know like it's just we just make up words sometimes so that can be difficult yeah. for some people but uh and that's not like required but for the people who want to be obsessive with the people who want to um, really fit in <laughs> with the uh yeah, with native yeah. english speakers you'll notice that you'll pick up on that for sure yeah 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 definitely no no uh if you if you catch those then you're, you're really good that i must say <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Well, like uh, yeah there are worse cases of word creation for sure because you have a bunch of suffixes and and, and prefixes mm -hmm. 
infixes and, and, and a lot of things. Uh, but but uh, yeah, the ish actually, as Italian, we learn the ish pretty uh, pretty well because there's a translation for that particular okay. uh, morpheme, and so we associate the meaning to it, to it. And it's like something that is not entirely, you know, mm, yeah. something. He's like, gosh, it's, it's good ish. So it's right. good, but not entirely, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're fairly good at associating and at, at understanding that. But there are mm-hmm. w- way more difficult work cr- creation cases that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, very, very hard to understand. Then it becomes even more difficult because ish, it can also mean different things in slang words too. Like um, it can replace the curse word shit for an example you could mm-hmm. say um that's some good ish or something like that like if uh okay. if the food's really good this is some good ish it's like a slang terminology but but okay. anyway that. i was gonna say we're approaching the 30 minute mark here we're a little bit past so i'm gonna ask you this final question i probably yeah. asked it to you before and i asked it to everyone who i ever interview so okay. let's say that an italian person comes up to you only yeah. know italian they say sam how do I learn English? How to be? How do I become fluent in English? And how long is it going to take me to do it from scratch? Jeez. How would yeah. you advise that person? I don't remember if you asked me, but if you did, that's again a very uh, a question that I get asked all the time. To be honest, because you know people come up to me and say, "Hey, uh, I need to learn English." I'm really starting now. Like, what do I do, and how long is it going to take me? Well, that first, first of all, it become it, it, it's up to you, in the sense that first of all, it, it's really about whether or not you're you're a slow learner or, or, or you you pick up things pretty easily. Uh, so that's going to have an impact on the uh, on the time that you that you're going to spend learning a language. Um, it also comes down to the, the amount of hours that you actually put in because uh, what's the metric here days months <laughs> like what, what are we talking about years like it depends on how many hours you actually spend putting in the work because it, it could easily be that you get to an intermediate level in one year because you spend like i don't know five hours a day studying english watching a tv series and then listening to a song then switching your phone in english then learning grammar with a tutor, like it's fairly subjective and it depends on a lot of variants. Like uh, also if you're, as I said, slow learner, you pick, pick things up pretty quickly. Uh, If you're um, put in the work and uh, if you don't distract too much and uh, if you spend a lot of hours doing that on average, if I really have to say, like, <laughs> if, I, if I really, I can take me as an example, but as I said, I was really obsessed. I had my school bases, which in Italian are not very, you know, fulfilling. Let's put it this way. So uh, when I really started to get this seriously, I was about 14 years old. Uh, bear in mind, I had a English-speaking best friend from London. Uh, I still have to this day. Uh, but she accompanied me every step of the way because we were talking literally every day, like video calls, 
uh, and conversations over the phone, chatting. So I was literally working on all the skills, like all the skills with a native speaker next to me. On top of that, I was doing courses. I did university, studied English, you know, the, I dedicated my whole life to English. So that's a bit a bit of, of an extreme, but uh, I remember that to be able to communicate with her, it took up to six months because I was like Italian and I was like, okay, uh, I want to be your friend, but if we don't speak, I mean, what's, <laughs> how can we be friends? So, uh, I mean, she taught me the language and I started you know, started literally speaking with her. Um, after six months, I was, you know, making a conversation, like, with no problems, but she was still correcting me and correcting me and correcting me. I would say after the six months, it was like, uh, at the age of 16, 17 years old, I really became, like, advanced, wasn't making any mistakes. And uh, uh, so, so I would say an average of, three to four years, uh, according to the, uh, the, 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 the amount of input that you have, <laughs> uh, English exposure, let's say. Um, so yeah. And after that, it was really a refinement, uh, process. I mean, even now, I, I heard my best friend the other day and she still said, okay, this is correct, but you can maybe say it another way, like it's more appropriate, you know? And I was like, okay, sure, I'm all ears, you know? And uh, it's still a refinement process. Um, I'm still learning a bunch of things every day and uh, you never stop learning. But in terms of like having a conversation, it can also be six months of full immersions. You're going to get it because I don't know if you read about it, but basically, you know, we have this crazy voca English vocabularies that contain, you know, a bunch of words, uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of words, but actually the words we actually use in conversations are not a lot. I mean, I don't remember exactly the numbers, but uh, there is this group of words that keeps repeating and repeating and repeating. We don't yeah. use I, th I think the I think the stat is like um, you use twenty percent of the vocabulary words in the language to say eighty percent of everything that you would ever really need to say on a daily basis. Exactly. So, yeah. So to learn that twenty percent is not that it's not actually that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. You want to have a conversation, then you do a full immersion. Let's say I, I remember I had a friend of mine went to America, didn't speak a word in English after six months, came back and knew all the English. Uh, slangs and all that because you actually lived there you know so uh that's possible but then it's all a refinement process that's a funny part especially if you're obsessed uh to to learn all the different things because that's an ever-changing evolving and that and that's a word creation right there <laughs> ever-changing ever-evolving uh language it's never gonna stop and borrowings are gonna come in and new vocabulary related to new things is going to come in and that's the beauty of it and that's why i chose it as a field of study to be honest so that's basically the average yeah yeah that's that's a good answer it's detailed i'd say my short answer would be it depends how much time you put in <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah the same thing you said basically in a in a nutshell um and before we before we jump out here we have a question yeah 
Eleonora. Hi, so could we claim that maybe English is a language which is the most renewable among other languages? What do you mean actually, by most renewable? I actually know Eleonora. Uh, she's a friend okay. of mine. So I know Hano is uh, asking the question. Uh, mm -hmm. So I want to say hi to her. Um, I think that by re she's Italian. I think by renewable, she means like that renovates. Okay. All the time, like new words come in. You know, uh, it, it's an ever-changing and ever-evolving. I think that's the point yeah. that she's making. Um, I would say yes, because, well, it's subject to a lot of pressure. Uh, it's the um, international lingua franca, uh, and so everybody speaks it. I, I was, I'm actually writing about this, and uh, we have 1.5 billion people, uh, yeah, 1.5 billion people speak English, I mean, registered. I, I think they're, they're more than that. But basically, uh, that's quite a lot. And it's the most widely spoken language in the world and the most widely taught language in the world. So it means it's, you know, affected by a lot of people, a lot of cultures and a lot of influences. And so that's why it's ever changing, in my opinion, if that's what you mean by renewable, of course. But that's um, basically, I think that the... the the image that Eleonora was trying to convey. Got it. Just off off topic here. Do you think that Mandarin Chinese or Punjabi would ever surpass the English language? That's the most I'm common not, language in the world. Not a chance. No. Uh, uh, no. I, I, I'm like that's a that's a hard no. Like that's yeah. a cool no. I think that yes, uh, Chinese is very important. It's becoming the language of economy in a certain sense next to English. But I think the alphabet that they have there with all symbols is still hard. And even though there are a lot of Chinese out there <laughs> and Asia is big, <laughs> I don't think it's going to, I mean, because as I said, we might argue that potentially Chinese is the most, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's the language with, with most speakers maybe. If we talk about, like, if we take into account the inhabitants of China, and uh, so we might argue that, but again, it's not—it's not the most widely spread language, and that's the the key right there. Uh, I don't know now exactly about the numbers, but I think that's yeah, one of the two is first, and one of the two is second. Uh, but in terms of you know spreading across the world, English took over. And that's partially because of the alphabet, in a sense. I mean, of course, we have the Arabic alphabet, we have the Chinese symbols, we have the Russian symbols and, uh, and all of that. But I mean, I think that the Roman alphabet is one of the most widely spread, uh, especially in Europe and especially you know, in, the, in, in the West, let's put it this way. So um, no, I don't think it's going uh, gonna to surpass it in any way also because it's fairly difficult i mean it's about tones it's not even about like you know words that you learn that they are independent from each other i mean one sound if modified even so slightly can change the whole meaning of something it's very hard it's very technical uh i don't think that it's easy enough to be uh, surpassing English as the most widely 
spoken language. It, it's easy in terms of grammar, uh, but the rest is simply, it, it drives you crazy. My best friend studies it and, um, you know, he, he told me like it's fairly, fairly hard to study it. But it's fascinating. Again, the story behind the symbols is crazy. And, you know, it's fascinating to learn it. If you're passionate about languages, you know, I definitely recommend you learn Chinese as the uh, second most important language in the world, potentially. And again, it depends on what you, you, you're going to do in life. But it is very interesting. It, it sits next to English in terms of, you know, language of economy. But replacing English as language of the world, nah, no, no, no. And then it will be a step backwards for us, you know, for, for, for the whole world, in my opinion. I mean, there is a language that's already so widely spoken. Uh, since uh, Babel's Tower fell down, you know, we were so close to getting a universal language again where all people are able to communicate. What would you, what, why would we replace that? I, I don't see even the point on that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, that, that makes sense. I mean, I've, I've heard a lot about that too. I know someone, my roommate, actually, she studies um, Mandarin as well. And she was telling me a little bit about that too. And then it's tonal as well. That's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure if I would ever even attempt that, but uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, inter it's definitely interesting to think about though. It's definitely interesting we, at least think about it. We, we tried, didn't we? We tried with that artificial language uh, that we wanted to to put there out in the world to to for people to learn it. I mean, I can't remember exactly the name now. It's called... Uh, I don't think it's Sanskrit. No, it was not. No, Sanskrit is a very old language. It's, it's a very nice actually language especially for those who are interested in ancient languages but this was a language completely made up simplified i can't remember but 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 i definitely need to look it up um right now so just a second go for it there's another comment here eleonora yes hand pink waving i think she's trying to put an emoji uh <laughs> okay castro we hi yeah. hello shout out to you castro uh we're almost done but uh you know hello goodbye yeah i can't find it right now but there is i can't remember the top of my head i don't know i just i i know there's a name for it but can't remember right now and can't even find it. So right. still thinking, but yeah, uh, but if it will come up, I'll let you know. <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> Sounds good to me. So, okay. So we'll wrap up at this on this note. So yeah. Sam, where can people find you on social media? Well, they can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's my full name that you can see on the screen. I think people can see it on the screen, right? It's basically yep. my handle is my full, full name. They can mm -hmm. also find me on TikTok. Also, yeah, somewhere Brusca. And uh, I've uh, recently opened a YouTube channel, uh, although that's going to be replaced with another YouTube channel uh, that's, uh, you know, 
my, my podcast YouTube channel that is coming up pretty soon. And, uh, but, but I strongly recommend you go and visit my YouTube channel because that's exactly where I'm going to put all the details for the uh, following YouTube channel, the, the actual YouTube channel that's going to replace it. So there's a bunch of contents there you can, that you can use. And in my stories, actually, story highlights on Instagram, you can find the detailed program on how to use the contents uh, of YouTube to, to actually study because I posted them in such a way that they're literally programs of study divided per week. And I did it for a month. So there is a, a month of short reels that you can use to practice the, uh, the tiny bits of the language. Uh, and I just remembered the name of the artificial language is called Esmeraldo. Mm, Esperanto, okay. Esperanto, Esperanto. Yes, Esperanto for sure. Like you can uh, look it up. I've just remembered it. It's called Esperanto. Okay. Uh, this, this artificial language that they want to use to replace English all over the world, but that the, that experiment experiment like failed miserably. It was some sort of pigeon, simplified pigeon that they want to put out there. Yeah, Esperanto, exactly. Eleonora wrote it down. Um, so yeah. But uh, yeah, as I said, they can find me on Instagram, they can find me on TikTok, they can find me on YouTube. Uh, they'll soon uh, find me on Spotify as well, because I'm actually, you know, the, the podcast is going to be rooted towards uh, Spotify. You're also, also going to have the visual support on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And that's that for now. <laughs> I mean, All I'm right. also on Facebook, but not that active uh, as there. But definitely putting contents if they're under 30 minutes uh, i usually post contents that are more uh yeah that are longer so uh, okay perfect yeah so we got the facebook crowd here and the youtube crowd here so whichever platform you prefer you can find sam on either one and that's all for today until next time bye-bye guys i had very